Hi friends, this is JFET. Whether you're around the corner or across the world, welcome to The Daily Walk. I want you to take a moment today to pause in Jesus and see what new thing could take place in your life. At the end of this podcast, you can download our app, Boulder Church, or visit us online at boulder.church to connect. And remember, we would love to hear from you as we prepare for our messages every Saturday morning on The Daily Walk. Good morning. It's Friday, June 22. Welcome to Daily Walk. I am Becky de Oliveira. And I'm Japheth de Oliveira. Would you like to go ahead and pray, Japheth? Yeah. Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you for this week. I want to thank you for all that we processed. I want to thank you for this text and for what Paul put down on pen and sent out to the world that's transformed the way we think about ourselves. I ask God for your spirit to actually guide us and give us wisdom. And uh, Lord, I ask for us to be able to hear today application to our lives. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Amen. Okay, we're back to the English Standard Version this week. We are reading Romans 3, verses 9 through 20. No one is righteous. What then? Are we Jews any better off? No, not at all. For we have already charged that all, both Jews and Greeks, are under sin, as it is written. No, none is righteous, no, not one. No one understands, no one seeks for God. All have turned aside, together they have become worthless. No one does good, not even one. Their throat is an open grave, they use their tongues to deceive. The venom of asps is under their, li- their lips. Their mouth is full of curses and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. In their paths are ruin and misery, and the way of peace they have not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Now we know that whatever the law says, it speaks to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be stopped and the whole world may be held accountable to God. For by works of the law no human being will be justified in his sight, since through the law comes knowledge of sin. All right, so our last, re- our last recalibrate question for the week, uh, for today, is this. Like a mirror, what has the law revealed about you in your own life? Like a mirror, what has the law revealed about you in your own life? So that's a very well, personal question. I am a murderer <laughs> in my heart. Um, and trampled uh, down and uh, venom asps in the lips. My feet are swift to shed blood and... The venom of asps is under my lips, <laughs> literally, because I yeah found a snake earlier. And, Did you? You know, yeah. Okay, all right. Thought I'd bite it. Hey. It's venom under my lips. Yeah. It's a good question. It's a good question because the law, I don't think, I think the difficulty is that when you think of the law, right, you, you, do you think of the Ten Commandments? Do you think of like the law as in the, the police? Do you think of the law as in God? And do you think of the law as in the Bible? Do you think of the law as in church? What do you think of when you think of the law? Yeah, and then, that's interesting because, you know, I mean, everybody has laws that they think are stupid yeah, or that they feel yeah. quite comfortable breaking. And so which law are you thinking of? And then, and then it would actually affect what it reveals in your life because it's true it does reveal something in your life i mean you're confronted by it it's going to it's going to shape who you are one interesting thing is how much you like laws in general some people do are you a person who really likes laws or are you a person who kind of doesn't didn't we have we had a question like this once we talked about it it was in open word Yeah. yeah well i think what it was we always do a thing where we start off the teacher will ask a question that everyone goes around the circle and answers and I think Jeremy one week asked whether we were rule followers or rule breakers. Yes, and I, I and everybody argued with me because I said 
that I really, really, really like rules. Yeah. But I don't so much like rules that other people make up for me. <laughs> I like rules that I make up for myself. And then they say, oh, it doesn't count. That means you're not a rule person. <laughs> but I, th- I think it still does count. Uh-huh. Well, now you can say it right because nobody's going to argue Nobody with can you argue with me. You can. But I'm not going to argue with you because I learned my lesson at the beginning of the week, Father's Day, that I clearly have no voice. Evidently. Yeah, evidently yes. not. But no, just the idea of, of how much... You like rules. I, I think even sometimes I think it has to do with birth order. You know, if you're an sure. oldest or youngest or a middle child, how much you're kind of a, like you like structure and you like to mm. know whether you're doing things right. And so I think that for these people that he's talking to, they probably liked having the law a lot because they knew that they were doing well. If you're following it, then you know that you're doing well. If there is nothing, no benchmark, then how do you know that you're doing well? Yeah. I, how do you know that you got a gold star? You yeah, know, on your spelling test, if there is no test. I think it comes back to, for Paul, it comes back to this idea that he's trying to lay out of, at the beginning of the passage again, where he's trying to say, look, there is this um, there is this view of God that exists that we, we don't have this kind of like desire to go find. And so God just, he's going to reveal himself to you. And when he reveals himself to you, you suddenly realize, man, you're just not in sync. And when you're not in sync you in life, you're just not doing things the way that could be better, you actually want to make changes or you want to push against it. And he says that naturally we're just pushing against it, mm. right? And so, and so I think this question is good because it says when you, you start to connect with God, you, when you start to hear the voice of God, it actually makes a difference. I was studying just this week... Um, uh, actually, it was no last week. I was studying with somebody about uh, Samuel, and it was just interesting how, uh, in the story of Samuel, you get the little, you get the interesting, interesting moment where Samuel is listening and hearing the voice of God, and he doesn't realize it's the voice of God, but it's Eli who mm. hears that it's the voice of God and tells Samuel, and yet it's it's Eli who who has lost the voice of God. He's lost, like, communicating with God, yet he recognizes the voice of God. And he says, look, Samuel, this is God talking to you because I've actually been pushing God away myself. But I can tell you that that is God. It's like he's, he hears, he knows the frequency is 108.9 or whatever it is. And he's like, that's the frequency. And I have been dialing out of that frequency. And now you are right, you're in tune with it. So go listen to it. I think we don't want to tune in naturally into the frequency. Well, why wouldn't we, though? I mean, I everybody think, I think says because this. Of sin. Like, we don't want to. I think it's because of sin. That sin makes us not want to. Yeah, I think that's what I think that's God. what Paul's trying to say is that naturally we just have this kind of like bent where we just don't naturally. We have this space that needs to be filled with God, but uh, we don't naturally want to. Well, do you think that just from a psychological point mm-hmm. of view? That a text like this, and I, I know that you support it quite a bit more than I do. What? But yes. This I do. doesn't. I do. It doesn't engender that feeling of wanting to be close, like being told that you are terrible and so forth. It, you don't in like terms boot of camp a psychological. Text is what you're saying. Well, I guess is that yeah, boot camp where they have to tear you down in order yeah, to build you up. Yeah, that's what I think. Up. I think that's what you were that saying at the beginning of the week, right? Yeah, I'm not. You a, said necessarily a big fan of that. I mean, I haven't been through boot camp, so for all I know, it might Neither be a very I, and good experience. I would not experience. like to go through boot camp. My father went through boot camp. I don't think he I'd thought it was all that great. I'd be horrified to go through boot camp. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know whether... Because you, you get these mixed messages in the Bible constantly, that on the one hand, 
Hmm. You know, we are made in the image of God. Um, it's true. I began a good work in you. He this has. This kind of stuff that is said that is yeah. very affirming. And that, yeah. that you think, well, okay, if you have created these people and you have given your life to save them yeah. and you think they're infinitely important, uh-huh. then wouldn't it be more constructive to mention those things more often instead of just the, you are really bad and everything well, that you do well, is wrong. Why, like, why are you reading just, one if, text though, bad? What I'm saying, I'm, I'm not even, I'm kind of, I want to go away from the text. Oh, to, yeah, I think okay. the churches sometimes oh. do this because there's this idea that we need to correct people or to get them to fall into line. And, you know, a lot of people have a very yeah. negative experience of Christianity that comes from they feeling do. like they can't do anything right. Yeah. I mean, I've said myself, in a way, it's yeah. interesting for me that I'm still a church-going person because my early years of life, yeah, it felt like everything that I did was wrong, that there was mm-hmm. no value in being me. Like, what's the point of me? It would be okay for me to be me if I were just somebody else, hmm. but not okay for me to be me in my state. And then I just got older, and so something about that is magical. People hmm. either give up or you become middle-aged and you seem less threatening or something. Because, you know, yeah, now and I go home and, and people tra- think I'm great, but I have not changed. I'm exactly the same person that I've always been. There's yeah. nothing different about me. I am just older. And that's a tragedy, actually, to to not be to be in the one place that you would think because church should be the the safest place that people should be able to gather together and just be who they are and recognize that God actually brings them together and says, hey, look, I know everyone's got stuff that they've got to deal with. Yes, that is a problem. Although I get in this context, if he's talking to a lot of people who just, their main problem is that they are so convinced there's nothing wrong with them. They are. But he's trying to break through that. I'm thinking more of, the mixed group of people that we would get coming yeah. into church where many of them are quite aware of the fact that there are things yeah. wrong with them and that kind of pounding on that is just not helpful. Yeah. I, I think, I mean, verse 9, right at the very beginning says then, are we Jews any better off? He is talking to the Jews who do feel they're better off and they have nothing wrong with them. And he and he talks to himself as well with this because he's saying, look, I'm the same person, and yeah, I'm the one who does this. use the word "we," which is yeah. good. So, for us in our context, we would say, "Are we Adventists any better off?" Mm-hmm. And we'd have to say, "No, no, not at all." But that's contrary to what we're taught. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have been taught that we have a special, extra special understanding of everything, and that that gives us something. It gives well, us a responsibility, I think, as part think of it, which true. I think is helpful. It's true. And actually, that's what he said in the verses preceding. He does say to the Jews before, and he does, and I, I do believe that we actually do have a responsibility and we do have a, a unique message as well, uh, a unique understanding of the entire Bible, uh, the whole whole approach to the Bible that's actually really beautiful. But, but with that responsibility, he's saying, bottom line, you guys are all human beings who need God. Mm-hmm. And while you need God, uh, when you come to the foot of the cross, you come to God, you, you come to him, and he's the one who makes you who you are. And so it's the kind of the, the same parable story where he talks about the wedding. And he says, look, everybody needs the garment. I give you the righteousness. I give you the garment. I make you holy. And that's what counts. So, hey, our time is up, unfortunately. Uh, you guys need to think about this uh, today, Friday. Uh, I want to encourage you to do so. Think about this question like a mirror. What has the Lord revealed about you in your own life? I know that it's confronted me about many things in my life. I know that it confronts you about stuff. And so process that. That's a very personal, good question to, to think about. 
Uh, join us at church at Boulder tomorrow. Uh, I won't be there tomorrow, but uh, Pastor Jessica is going to be preaching there tomorrow. And so, yeah, you're going to Canada. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I'm, Lucky you. Yeah, yep. So and uh, going to be with uh, some good brothers up there and a uh, good community up in Canada. And so, But uh, Pastor Jessica is going to be preaching on this text. Looking forward to uh, seeing it myself. I will uh, be streaming it and capturing it and uh, seeing the review as well. So it's going to be great. Enjoy that text. Enjoy the time with each other. Look after each other and live love. Hey, thanks again for listening to the Daily Walk podcast today. Hey, if you remember, if you have any questions, reach out to us online at boulder.church. And if you can help support us, please feel free to give online at boulder.church forward slash give. Until next time, look after each other and live love. Thank you.